The Inning Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate. Hey everybody, welcome to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, Carson, the it, it's it's uh, World Series Eve, I suppose, isn't it? It is indeed. Happy World Series Eve, everybody. Um, boy, oh boy, is this looking like it's going to be another great World Series. And of course, your two favorite baseball nerds are here to break it all down for you. We actually get to do a little bit of a preview. AJ, it's not too often that we do a, record an episode where there's literally no games going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, I think maybe with the exception of our, you know, back in spring training, but I mean, even then, yeah, this might actually be our first episode with no games on the schedule, which is uh, actually it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, lots and lots to talk about, of course, with the World Series coming up. Um, lots of storylines going on. Um, but let's start with our let's start with our poll results, which were pretty simple. Uh, we basically just asked you guys who you got in the World Series. And Carson, I knew there was a reason I loved our fans because 80 percent of them voted for the Phillies uh, to a measly 20 percent for the Astros. Yeah, and something tells me that there was obviously logic because our fans are the smartest sports fans out there. But there, I think there's there's also still a little bit of uh, of just I don't want to see Houston win the World Series again in this. And um, both points are certainly valid, and I'm so proud of the eighty yeah. percent. We love the twenty percent still too. Um. Yeah. I mean, hey, Astros fans, because we know the only twenty percent. Uh, the twenty the twenty percent that voted for the Astros are Astros fans, no doubt. Um, yes, we still do appreciate your support, of course. Uh, but yeah, Carson, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the fact that this was so lopsided is, well, let's be honest. The only people who are rooting for the Astros in the World Series are Astros fans. Uh, fans of the other twenty nine teams are all pulling for the Phillies. Um, well, I don't know. Do you think? Okay, here's a here's a good question. Do you think fans of uh, Phillies rival teams like the Mets or the Braves are they are they pulling for the Phillies in this thing, or are they just kind of you know, hey, I'm not watching baseball till next spring? I think it could be a little bit of both. Um, I think certainly for. I think certainly for Braves fans, they mm. would probably be. I think they would probably be like, "All right, I don't want to see the Phillies win this World Series. Mm. I would much rather see the Astros win it." Mm. Um, I think there's potential for that, but there's also f- potential for, especially if you're a Braves fan, like, "Hey, if Philly goes on and wins this World Series, at least we can say we lost to the World Series champions." Champs. So yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a very interesting balancing act, especially for NL East rivals. Yeah, I think that might also, if the Phillies win this thing, that might also give Cardinals fans a little comfort. 
because um, yeah, you know, like you said, they can be like, yeah, well, you know, we lost in the wild card round, but at least we lost to the eventual World Series champs. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, ugh, well, I don't know. I guess it's different as a. It's different with the Red Sox and the Yankees. You know, like. Uh, back in 03, you know, when the Yankees beat the Red Sox in the ALCS and then played the Marlins in the World Series. I got to tell you, I was full. I was full on Marlins, um, full on Marlins fan for those couple of weeks. So um, why don't you guys drop us, uh, drop us some, drop us some feedback on that. I'd be really interested to hear, um, to hear from you guys on that. If you know, okay, well, my, my favorite team's rival is playing the Astros in the World Series. Is it more of a, well, I don't want my team's rival to win, or is it more I don't want the Astros to win? So, um, anyways, that might be our, that might very well be our most lopsided poll ever. Um, so that's, that's kind of interesting. All right, let's talk about the actual series. Game one is, well, tomorrow for us, uh, maybe today or maybe yesterday for you guys. Who knows, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, but Carson, the the big the big thing the game the game one starters have been announced. Um, no surprise here. Aaron Nola goes for the Phillies. Justin Verlander goes for the Astros. Um, Aaron Nola hoping that he could duplicate his last performance in Houston, which oh by the way was back on October third when the Phillies clinched the playoff spot and ended their eleven year playoff drought. Um, Aaron Nola pitched six and two thirds shutout innings. Um, I think it's safe to say that the Phillies are hoping and Nola's hoping that he can uh, have a repeat performance tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that this was very much the pitching matchup that everybody expected. Uh, both teams have certainly had enough rest for these arms to recover. Mm. We knew that Nola was definitely going to go for the Phillies once once it was confirmed that it was a st- sweep by the Astros. Mm. I think just about everybody thought that Verlander would probably take the bump for the Astros. Um, what a pitching duel that this game one is going to be uh, between these two who should get some very heavy Cy Young consideration in both of their leagues. In Verlander's case, I think he will probably end up winning yeah. Cy Young. Um, but yeah, this is this is going to be one heck of a pitching duel, and I cannot wait. Yeah, both of these guys have been absolute nails for their boat for their teams. Um, I I think you make a good point about the rest. So both of these teams, I mean, the Phillies finished the finished the NLCS in five games. The Astros obviously swept. So both of these teams are well-rested. Both of these teams are, you know, the the the, the lineups are well-rested. The starters, the and maybe even more importantly, the bullpens are fully rested. Um, but I kind of feel like we might get... Uh, I mean, that kind of sparks that. That brings up the whole rest versus rust debate. Um, I I kind of think we might get a little bit of a rusty start, um, maybe at the beginning, you know, for the for the early stages of game one. Yeah, I I certainly think that um, I certainly think that that will apply to the bats as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it might take guys a little bit to kind of get their hitting mechanics back on track. Um. But yeah, the the pitching rust will certainly, I think, be be a factor. Even with two elite arms like this, uh, you know, there's there's still every chance that 
you know, they get a wrong grip or they leave a pitch hanging more than they want to. And both of these lineups have the power capabilities to make you pay for those kinds of mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, these teams are going to play like crap in the first game, but I think, I think they'll be, they'll, they'll be shaking the rust off at first. Um, so that'll be, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. The other thing to keep an eye on uh, for the Phillies, um, there's, uh, there's talk that Bryce Harper could be moved up the lineup. I mean, I don't know about you, Carson, but I think no matter where you put Bryce Harper in that lineup, he's, I mean, for my money, he's the most dangerous hitter in this entire series. I think that you could very strongly make the case for Jordan, Jordan Alvarez in that department as well. Fair enough. Um, uh, but as far as moving him up the lineup, I am a little bit skeptical just because of the lack of success that that happened when the Yankees decided to do that with Aaron Judge in the mm. ALCS. Mm-hmm. And it completely took the wind out of his sails, made him, an, I mean, he had been a non-factor basically that entire series anyway. But when you have a power hitter like Harper and you move him up the lineup with less of a chance to get guys on base to potentially drive him in with a one big swing of the bat, I just, I don't know about that. I'm kind of skeptical on that. Yeah, I that's a good point about Judge, but I think... I think in this case, I mean, it obviously depends on on where, you know, where Rob Thompson decides to move him. But I think in this case, um, I mean, let's be honest, Aaron Judge was carrying that Yankees team. I mean, we 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 talked about it all year. We beat that topic to death. Um, And I but I think this is. This, these are different circumstances because Bryce Harper is not the only one who can hit on this Phillies team. He's not carrying. I mean, he's obviously a big part of their offense, but he's not carrying this team by himself. He's got, you know, he's got quite the supporting cast. He's got Reese Hoskins. He's got JT Romuto. So I don't, I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think moving Harper in the lineup will, um, take the wind out of the sails as you so eloquently put it. Yeah. I mean, you certainly, you certainly bring up some good points, but uh, I guess just with, with the thought of Aaron judge against this very Astros pitching staff, still pretty fresh in my mind. Mm. I just, I'm not really sure how you can look at that and think that this potentially could be a good idea, Yeah, but if they do do it, I just hope that, 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 um, the Phillies and Thompson are less stubborn about it than Aaron Boone was. Right. And don't stick with him moving him up the lineup and say, okay, this is not working. We got to drop him back down. Right. Yeah. And that's the other point I would make is I have a hell of a lot more faith in Rob Thompson's managerial decisions than Aaron Boone's. Um, all right. And then of course for the Astros, cause I guess we have to be unbiased. Um, there's ice cold Carson, and then there's whatever who's Jose Altuve has been so far in the playoffs. He he got he got a little bit back on track uh, towards the end of the ALCS, but he's still not. I mean, he still hasn't put up near put up anywhere near the numbers that we're used to Jose Altuve putting up. So if I'm an Astros fan, uh, uh, um, I have to be wondering to myself. Can Jose Altuve get back on track? Because if he doesn't, um, 
I mean, I hot take alert. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. The Philadelphia Phillies are the best team and the most complete team that the Astros have faced in the playoffs so far. And if Altuve can't get back on track, uh, that could maybe possibly spell a little bit of trouble for Houston. First of all, I want to point out that you are basically saying that the Phillies are superior to the Seattle Mariners, and I never thought I'd see the day. I mean, Um, the Mariners, (laughs) I mean, I'm not knocking the Mariners, but I mean, let's be honest, the Phillies are, they're the, they're the, they're the real deal. They're, they're a complete team from top to bottom. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, but as far as Altuve goes, he's been, and I literally don't think I've ever found a more perfect use of this word in my life. He's been trash. Um, <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the joke to hit, but it hit. I'm glad it did. Um, uh, wow. But but yes, he has been. And, you know, this is, like you said, this is not the Jose Altuve we've we've come to seeing in the postseason. But mm-hmm. the the scary thing about Houston is if if Altuve goes down, you use the word complete to describe the Phillies. I think that the Astros are also a very complete team because if Altuve struggles, oh, yeah. you've, got, you've got Alex Bregman, you've got Jeremy Pena, you've got Jordan Alvarez, you've got, you know, Chaz McCormick could, could be a good hitter, Trey Mancini. Yuli Gurriel is finally looking kind of like his old self a little bit again. So mm. this this Houston team has a very complete lineup and has guys that can step up like a Alvarez or a Pena, who I still insist that if Julio Rodriguez did not exist, he would win the AL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah. Pena would be a slam dunk for Rookie of the Year if not for Rodriguez. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, I will grudgingly agree that the Astros are a complete team also. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying the Astros will be in, you know, uh, deep trouble if Altuve can't get it going because they have, you know, they have all the other, all the other, uh, weapons that you mentioned, but, um, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd be, I think if I were an Astros fan, I think I'd be a little on a, on a scale of one to 10, I may be a four or five, uh, you know, concerned about Altuve. And I mean, who knows? Maybe there's, you know, something else going on there, but he's been, he's been ice, ice cold. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the keys for each team in the series. It's kind of the one, you know, the one thing to look at, the one thing that if it goes right, um, most likely, you know, leads to, to the, to the team winning the series. Um, we'll start with the Phillies. Um, I think they're the key for the Phillies to this series is their pitching. I mean, obviously Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler have both been absolute nails. Um, but Carson, I think it comes down to the rest of the guys in that rotation and the bullpen. Um, I mean, the, the Phillies pitching staff from top to bottom has stepped up, obviously, um, this postseason, they're, the Phillies are nine and two in the postseason so far. Um, I think for the Phillies, it comes down to the pitching. If their pitching continues to to pitch at the level that they have, um, I'm not necessarily saying they can silence the Astros' bats because that would be ridiculous, but at least hold them in check somewhat. Um, and then, as far as the Astros go, 
I mean, we kind of already talked about it. I think who's the, I think Altuve is the key for the Astros. If Altuve is Altuve that we all know, uh, the Astros are in good shape. If Altuve continues his his cold streak, um, I don't know. I think the Astros might be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, my uh, I'll start with the Phillies as well. My key for the Phillies is to stay patient at the plate. Um, we, mm-hmm. I had kind of talked about this a few episodes back, uh, where this, this Phillies team is built to hit for power. Uh, they you are. know, especially highlighted by Schwarber, Harper, of course, and to a lesser extent, uh, Reese Hoskins. Um, so I think, and with this Houston rotation, these are not guys who, who will necessarily, just try and hit you with speed and try and get you to swing and miss. Mm. These are guys who will be who are able to paint the corners like nobody else mm-hmm. with some of their off-speed pitches. And we've we've seen it against against Aaron Judge for example. Those some of those pitches that he was trying to hit were absolutely beautiful pitches that came from the entire Houston pitching staff. Seattle, they made some of their best hitters look like they were hitting with like a wooden stick, mm-hmm. which is a sen- and by wooden stick I don't mean an actual yeah. wood stick, bat. Stick ball. <laughs> yeah, they were playing stick ball. Yeah. I, I realized as soon as I said that that, that didn't really make sense. <laughs> but anyway. Um but yeah I think I think the key thing for the Phillies is to stay patient Try and, you know, maybe your first at bat, you're not necessarily going to get a hit, but that's okay. Give yourself your t- some time to really kind of scout these pitches, see what could be coming. Mm. Um, almost like you did in that first game against Atlanta. You know, home runs you won't necessarily need. Just keep some rinky-dink singles and doubles from from time to time, and you're going to be okay. Yep. For the Astros, my key is to counteract that is going to be their defense. Mm. Um, if there was one thing that I noticed, especially in the Yankees series, Martin Maldonado did not look like himself behind the plate. Mm-hmm. He was losing a bunch of balls, a bunch of balls he had to go block or, or you know, they just fell out of his glove. I don't know what was going on with him, but um, the, the rest of the team's defense did very well against the Yankees, making, you know, making those effort plays, not a whole lot of mistakes. Mm. Um, and this is a Phillies lineup that if we saw it in the Atlanta series as well, if you make errors, they will make you pay. Mm-hmm. So as long as the Astros, I think, can can keep their strong defense alongside this powerful Phillies offense, they, they could make a good run at this thing as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, as per usual, you make really good points. Yeah, I think that uh, the thing about the Phillies is, yeah, the Phillies need to go up to the plate and – you know, and take the approach of not trying to hit every ball out of the ballpark, because if they do, um, yeah, they're going <laughs> to they're going to be in big trouble. Um, and I apologize. I can't believe I I when I was talking about the Phillies and, and you know, the supporting cast with Bryce Harper and all their other, you know, all their other uh Weapons. I can't believe I forgot to mention Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Kyle, I'm so sorry. Uh, please come back to Boston next year. Um, anyways, yeah, I mean, this is going to be, this might be, <laughs> this might be the most unlikely World Series matchup. Um, and I don't think, I don't think anybody saw it coming except for one of our uh, competitors in our, in our playoff bracket competition, which, 
I thought was amazing. Um, no, nobody saw this matchup coming. Um, I mean, on one side, you've got the Astros who, okay, yeah, they're kind of, you know, they're one of those teams that, oh, yeah, you know, the Astros in the World Series is kind of expected at this point. Um, and a lot of the, you know, pundits pick them to be in the World Series way back at the beginning of the year. For Carson, I don't think anybody picked the Phillies, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And we kind of talked about it a few episodes back with when the Padres beat the Dodgers was – it's not it's a good thing for baseball and it's a good thing for fans for well I don't want to call the Phillies an underdog because they're not but for you know it's good to have at least half of a World Series this year that's not one of the you know perennial powers yeah absolutely it's it's always good to have like you said not necessarily calling the Phillies an underdog at this point mm-hmm. but at the same time, they are the underdog in this. They're kind of going up against the yeah. the giant that is the Astros uh, dynasty with an asterisk. Um, <laughs> so they're they're certainly going into this the underdogs. But the thing that I love about this team is they got that Philly swagger mm-hmm. and they do not care. Yeah, I think what we're looking at is uh, the the Astros are. The Astros are no. I was gonna say the Astros are Apollo Creed, but Apollo had way more class than that. Um, that would be an insult to Apollo Creed. The Astros are Ivan Drago, and the Phillies are Rocky. I think that works. Yeah. Yeah, that works. I think that works really well, actually. Yeah, and we all know how that turned out. For you know, uh, we all know how that fight turned out. So. Um, yeah, I think it works because, you know, we all know Drago was a cheater and the Astros are cheaters and, you know, so it, it works. Um, no, seriously, this is going to be I'm I'm wicked stoked for this series. Um, Carson, I think it's it's a pretty safe bet that uh, we're going to have a hell of a World Series on our hands. Yeah, absolutely. This one is going to be a lot of fun, so prepare yourselves. Yep, get your popcorn Everybody. ready, as uh, Terrell Owens once said. Uh, all right, let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about the the Silver Slugger finalists who were announced today. Let's just kind of um, we'll sort of uh, breeze through these. Um, we'll start with the. You know what? No, let's mix things up. Let's start with the National League. We always start with the American League. The National League doesn't get any love. Um, yeah, let's start with the National League. Okay, uh, let's start at first base. So the Silver Slugger, um, it's a little different than the Gold Glove. The Gold Glove is most is obviously focuses on defense. The Silver Slugger is for recognizing uh, offensive excellence at the at the at the positions. Um, let's start at the first base in the National League. A lot of these names are kind of probably sound familiar from the Gold Glove finalists, but. Um, first base in the National League finalists are Paul Goldschmidt of the Cardinals, NL MVP, uh, Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers, Pete Alonzo, the Polar Bear of the Mets, Matt Olson of the Braves, and Christian Walker of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, this is probably one of the only ones that's a no-brainer, Carson, but, I mean, you got to go Paul Goldschmidt, right? Uh, yeah, Goldie all day, every day, twice on Sunday. I don't even know if we really need to explain that one. But um, yeah, he'll get recognition also for National League MVPs. So yeah. uh, 
had a great year on both sides of the ball. So very deserving of this as well. Yeah. And he, I mean, he should be a no brainer for NL MVP. Oh, by the way, fun fact. Uh, if Goldschmidt does win the silver slugger, uh, it would be his fifth silver slugger award. And that would break a tie. He currently sits in a tie with the great Todd Helton um, and his, well, now former Cardinals team, Albert Pujols. So um, that's kind of a fun little, fun little fact. All right, let's talk second base. We got Jeff McNeil of the Mets, Jake Cronenworth of the Padres, Cattell Marte of the Diamondbacks, Colton Wong of the Brewers, and Brendan Rogers of the Rockies. Um, I think I gotta go Marte on this one. Um, simply for the fact that he tied for third in the National League with 42 doubles this year, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty nuts, but everybody may want to stop time here because <laughs> I'm going to take Jake Cronenworth. Oh. I'm actually going to say something positive, positive about Padre. <laughs> uh, no, I I was really impressed with, with him this season. Mm. Um you know, obviously an all-star yet again in his third year, 240 batting average, 333 on base, uh, 727 OPS. Um, not not quite career numbers. They they were numbers that were down a little bit from uh, from last season, but uh, still a very impressive year for for a player who's only in his third season. And, I mean, not that it factors into the Silver Slugger Award, but, I mean, Cronenworth was a huge part of that Padres lineup. Um, he was a he was a pretty key piece for them uh, in their run to the NLCS. So, all right, third base. Uh, pretty much the usual suspects at third base. Manny Machado of the Padres, Noan Arenado from the Cardinals, Austin Riley from the Braves, and Justin Turner from the Dodgers. Um, I think it's probably a safe bet that this isn't the only award that Machado and Arenado will be battling over. Of course, they're also in the MVP conversation. Um, but just just kind of looking at just looking at the numbers, um, and you might want to stop time here again, folks, because I'm about to say something nice about Manny Machado. Um, yeah, I, I think I've got to go Machado for for third base. So do I. Ah, <laughs> uh, darn it, Manny. Um, but I mean, he was hitting twenty average points higher this season, going from seven two seventy eight last year, two ninety eight this season. Uh, on base percentage was up, slugging was up, uh, almost a career high at five thirty one slugging nine eight ninety eight OPS. Um, an absolutely incredible season. Uh, for Manny Machado and well deserving of this silver slugger, as much as that really pains me to say. Yeah, it pains both of us. Um, yeah, you can tell it's getting close to Halloween and, and the full moon because I just, Carson has said two nice things about two Padres players and I said something nice about Manny Machado. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on to shortstop. Uh, Trey Turner of the Dodgers, Willie Adamas of the Burgers, Francisco Lindor of the Mets. And Dansby Swanson of the Braves. Um, I, I think I mentioned this once before. I, I just I feel like Dansby Swanson just had I don't know. He just didn't feel like Dansby Swanson this year. Um, 
But I'm going to give some love to Milwaukee, and I'm going to go Willie Adamas uh, for shortstop. Yeah, that's certainly a good pick. Um, Adamas, it seems like ever since he got to Milwaukee, has kind of been the, the player that everybody thought he would have been on the Tampa Bay Rays, but he's really kind of established himself uh, in Milwaukee. I am going to go with Francisco Lindor here. Mm. Um, looking at looking at his numbers, everything was up again across the board. Uh, the biggest jump, 449 slugging this season compared to 412 last season. Mm. A 788 OPS compared to a 734 OPS. Uh, also hit a 339 average as well with a or no, excuse me, a 270 average with a 339 on base percentage. So. Um, Francisco Lindor, you will become a three-time silver slugger. All that, and he still couldn't help the Mets get out of the first round. Um, anyways, uh, no, Lindor's Yikes. yeah, cheap shot. Uh, no, Lindor's a great Lindor's a great pick, and he was he was a, a big part of that Mets team this year. All right, uh, to the outfield we go. Um, again, most of the usual suspects here. Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, uh, my boy Kyle Schwarber of the Phillies, uh, Juan Soto of the Padres, Starling Marte of the Mets, Jock Peterson from the Giants, Michael Harris II from the Braves, Brian Reynolds from the Pirates, Hunter Renfro, another Red Sox player that I miss terribly, uh, from the Brewers, and Brandon Nimmo from the Mets. To the surprise of absolutely no one, Carson, I'm going all the way with my boy Kyle Schwarber. Um, he was just, he has just been in absolute beast mode all year. And, uh, yeah, I, this is a, this is a no brainer for me. It's a no brainer for me, but I'm going with a rook. I'm going with Michael Harris second out of Atlanta. Wow. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that he was one of the biggest pieces, uh, of the Braves season this year. And I mean, these numbers for a rookie year, 297 batting average, 339 on base, 514 slugging, and an 853 OPS. He should very much be in the running for rookie of the year Mm. and should very much be in the running and should win this silver slugger. Yeah, uh, I think he's, yeah, I think he's definitely in the conversation for rookie of the year. Um, And who knows? Uh, maybe he'll maybe he'll pull off the silver slugger too. Um, I have no idea whether anyone's ever won uh, the silver slugger and the rookie of the year in the same year. I'm guessing probably not, but um, that would be quite the feat. All right, catcher. <sighs> I honestly don't even know why I'm going to read off the rest of these names because there's one name on this list that is a. Uh, I mean, talk about a slam dunk, but I will anyways. Uh, Will Smith of the Dodgers, JT Romuzo of the Phillies, Wilson Contreras of the Cubs, who's somehow still a member of the Cubs, uh, and Travis Darno of the Braves. Carson, JT Romuto, straight up, the best catcher in the National League, probably the best catcher in baseball. Um, he deserves to get all the votes for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also will have to go with Riamuto. Uh, Will Smith certainly comes in a close second for me, um, uh, who was also very good at the plate this year. But yeah, Rio Mudo, it seems like he's always in the running for either a gold glove or a silver slugger. Um, but this year, 
he'll he'll get a very er, well deserved one. At least I think so. Yeah. Um. All right, and then designated hitter. A uh, little bit of a Bryce Harper should get this award. Um, but unfortunately, because of injuries and whatever, he fell just short of the hundred game minimum to qualify for winning the award. So. Um, our other options are Josh Bell, Albert Pujols, uh, Josh Bell of the Padres, Albert Pujols, uh, Luke Voigt um, of the Nationals, Justin Turner of the Dodgers, and Charlie, Bla- Charlie Blackmon of the Colorado Rockies. Well, since they can't give it to Harper, um, and I don't know if this is uh, me just being soft or whatever, but Carson, I, I mean, I have to, I got to give this to Albert Pujols because. Uh, I think he he just went, you know, his last year, he came back to St. Louis. I don't know that many, I don't know that many people expected much out of, you know, much production out of him, but obviously he went above and beyond, hits, you know, uh, broke the, the 700 home run mark for his career. Um, yeah, I, I'm going Pujols. If Albert Pujols does not win this award, <laughs> you will hear about it from me. Albert Pujols for the Silver Slugger all day, every day. Yeah. I mean, the man hit 700 home runs this this season. Are you kidding me? Albert Pujols. Yeah. Yeah. It's an absolute no-brainer. Um, all right. Let's switch over to the American League. We'll start back at first base. Uh, we have Nathaniel Lowe of the Rangers, Vlad Guerrero Jr. of the Blue Jays, Jose Abreu of the White Sox, and Anthony Rizzo of the Yankees. Um, so the last two winners are Vlad Jr. Uh, in 2021, and Abreu won it the year before that. Um, so Abreu led the American League, led American League first baseman in batting average. Um, well, not you know, obviously counting. Uh, Luis Arise, but and Vlad Jr. Uh, tied for the tied for the lead among AL first baseman with 32 home runs. I don't know, Carson. I feel like this one's kind of a coin flip, but I, I guess if I had to choose, um, I, I'm probably going to go a Guerrero Jr. I am going to go the other way, and I am going to take Jose Abreu. Um, very consistent hitter throughout his entire career. Uh, so I think he should get this silver slugger. Also, just quickly to go back to the National League for the utility guys, oh, um, my bad. I am going to take uh, Brandon Drury of the San Diego Padres. I completely missed the utility category for the National League. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard that right. Not only Carson has now said two things, two nice things about two Padres players, and he has also picked a Chicago White Sox to win a Silver Slicker Award. Um, Freaking Twilight Zone. All right. Uh, American League second baseman, Jose Altuve of the of the Astros, Andres Jimenez of the Guardians, Marcus Semien of the Rangers, and DJ LeMahieu of the Yankees. Wait, DJ LeMahieu is still playing? Um... Again, this is, I mean, I keep, I sound like a broken record, but Carson, this is another no-brainer for me. Andres Jimenez not only should get the Silver Slugger, uh, he's my American League rookie. Well, he could be, but uh, Andres Jimenez is a, is a slam dunk for the Silver Slugger. Andres Jimenez all day, every day, twice on Sunday. Um, 
at this point, do I even need to say any more about him, AJ? Like, I've been basically having a man crush on him this entire yeah. season. Car- Car- Carson I don't really is know the- what else I can Carson is the newly elected president of the Andres Jimenez uh, fan club. Um, no, seriously though, Jimenez has Jimenez had an unbelievable year. He was, um, he really, I mean, he stepped up huge for the Guardians. Uh, you know, helped them win the division title. Uh, helped them, you know, helped them beat a really good Rays team. Helped them push the Yankees to five games in the ALDS. So, um, yeah, definitely a no-brainer. Uh, to the hot corner we go to third base in the American League. Uh, Rafael Devers uh, of my Red Sox, Jose Ramirez of the Guardians, Alex Bregman from the Texans. Uh, yeah, the Texans. Wow. Of the Astros. Um, sorry, Houston. Um, and Matt Chapman of the Blue Jays. This was. This was a little tough. This was a little tricky for me. Um, I mean, Jose Ramirez obviously had uh, a ridiculous year. Um, you know, I feel like if I go Devers, I feel like I'm just being biased. But I don't know, man. I mean, Devers, Devers with all the with all the crap swirling around about his contract extension and the train wreck of a season the Red Sox had. He was one of the one of the very few bright spots on that team. Screw it, I bias be damned, Carson. I'm going. I'm going. Rafi Devers. Yeah, um, I am going to go with Jose Ramirez. I'm going to go back to back to back AL Central rivals. I don't know what's going on with me right now, um, but yeah, Jose Ramirez had another incredible season at the plate. Um, and was a big reason for the success, of course, of the Guardians, as he always is. I really do think we're in the Twilight Zone, AJ. I don't know what's going on. I've picked three Padres for this award and three straight (laughs) Central Division rivals. I don't know what's going on. Uh, It's almost Halloween. We'll just chalk it up to that. Um, All right, let's talk about shortstops. Uh, Bo Bichette of the Blue Jays, Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox, Carlos Correa for now, of the Minnesota Twins, and Corey Seager of the Rangers. Sorry, couldn't help myself. Um, sorry, Bogey, I can't give you I can't give you this one. Um, no, I, I think I'm actually, I think I'm going to go Bo Bichette uh, for shortstop. The AL Central run continues. <laughs> Call me biased. I don't care. <laughs> give me Carlos Correa, baby. I don't even care. Um... In all honesty, though, to, to to actually make this not seem like a biased decision, uh, Correa obviously, you know, with with this Twins team, his his numbers were a little bit, a little bit uh, actually a little bit better than I think what some people expected. Mm. Uh, in some categories, his average went up from two seventy nine to two ninety one. Uh, his on base percentage stayed the same from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two at three thirty six. His slugging went down a little bit, um, but I think the biggest the biggest stat is looking actually at not his OPS but his OPS plus, mm. uh, which was the second highest in his career at a 140, uh, which was the biggest way that I think that he helped really contribute to uh, the Twins' success this year was that it was truly um, a solid batting performance all year, no matter what. So yeah, give me Carlos Correa. Obviously. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think his numbers were maybe a little... Um, his numbers weren't quite what uh, what you and your fellow Twins fans, Twins fans were hoping for, but I mean... Carlos Correa is Carlos Correa. Besides, I took I made one bias pick, so it's only fair that you get one. Uh, all right, outfield: Aaron Judge of the Yankees, Julio Rodriguez, Rookie of the Year of the Mariners, Kyle Tucker of the Astros, Mike Trout of the Angels, uh, Randy Rosarena of the Rays, George Springer of the Blue Jays, Taylor Ward of the Angels, Anthony Santander of the Orioles, uh, Adolis Garcia of the Rangers, and Teoscar Hernandez of the Blue Jays. Uh, yeah, this is good. I know this is going to shock all of you, but I'm going Julio Rodriguez. Um, not only is he the rookie of the year, he's, he's a no brainer for me for the silver slugger. He had a, he had a absolute, um, he had a, he had a, just a, just a ridiculously good season at the plate, made a huge impact on the Mariners team. Um, Earned himself a massive contract extension for the Mariners. He's going to be a cornerstone of that team for years to come. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm giving him the silver slugger. To me, you could have stopped reading after that very first name. Uh, ain't even close. Yeah. All rise for the three-time, soon-to-be three-time, silver slugger mm. winner, Aaron Judge. I mean, mm. how can you not? Led the American League in home runs, RBIs, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS+, plus, total bases. I mm. mean, set a new home run record. Like, mm. Aaron Judge, all day, every day, the verdict is in. Uh, well, I'll just say this. Aaron Judge is lucky that this is a regular season award and doesn't take the playoffs into, fact, into, into consideration because... Uh, if this was a combined award between the regular season and the playoffs, uh, Aaron Judge would be guilty of disappearing. Um, anyways, that's my probably my one last shot at the Yankees for the season. So, um, all right, catcher Alejandro Kirk of the Blue Jays, Sean Murphy of the A's, Cal the Big Dumper Raleigh of the Seattle Mariners, Adley Rushman of the Orioles, Salvador Perez of the Royals. Uh, and Martin Maldonado of the Astros. Um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going back to back Mariners. I'm going Cal Raleigh. Um, he came up absolutely huge for the Mariners all year. He had so many, uh, so many key hits and key situations, including, of course, the walk off homer that clinched the playoffs for the Mariners and ended their 21 season, their 21 year playoff drought. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going big dumper on this one. Uh, for me, this is a no brainer and not necessarily with the, uh, contender that you may think give me Adley Rutschman mm-hmm. all day, every day, twice on Sunday. Good pick. Um, broke the Baltimore Orioles record for most doubles by a rookie that was set by, um, a guy named Cal Ripken Jr. I think he was pretty good at baseball. Uh, um, yeah, I think I've heard of him. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think he was pretty good. Uh, 254 average, 362 on base, 445 slugging, 806 OPS. And all of this as a rookie, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Um, so the easy pick for me, give me Adley Rutschman. 
Yeah, no, that's a that that's a solid pick. Um, and he was, I mean, let's he was he was a pretty key part of the Orioles um, of the Orioles team this year, and he, I mean, let's be honest, uh, helped the Orioles way way overachieve this year. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a solid pick. All right, designated hitters: uh, Shohei Otani of the Angels, Jordan Alvarez of the Astros, John Carlos Stanton of the Yankees, uh, George Springer again from the Blue Jays, and Adolis Garcia of the Rangers. Um, as much as it pains me to say this, uh, Carson, I think I have to go Jordan Alvarez because he's gone absolutely beast mode this year. It's showtime. Give me Shohei Otani. Um, easy, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, obviously, Alvarez very much deserving as well. A very close second in my eyes. But mm. considering, you know, we've been talking about it all year, this AL MVP race is probably going to come down to these two. Mm. Um, I mean, a 273 batting average this season, 356 OPS or 356 on base percentage, 516 slugging, 875 OPS. Um, Some of these numbers are a little bit down from last season, which is true. Mm. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean, Shohei Otani is Shohei Otani. So give me Shohei. Um, I'll go with, well, let's do the utility. Uh, Luis Arise of the Twins, Otani again. DJ LeMahieu again. Did am I the only one that didn't know that DJ LeMahieu was still around? Um, and Luis Renjifo of the Angels. Okay, I snubbed him in the. I snubbed him as a DH. Carson, I'm going Otani for utility because I just think the utility fits him better. Because let's be honest, uh, he's the ultimate utility player. He 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 does the he does the Babe Ruth. He pitches any hits, and I know. Yes, I hear you all. It's not a pitching award. I don't care. Shari Otani is the ultimate utility guy in baseball, so I'm going him for utility uh, for Silver Slugger. Again, th- call this bias. Uh, call it whatever you want. But he won the AL batting title, and that has to mean something. Yep. Give me Luis Arise, a 316 batting average, 375 on base percentage. That's what he does. He gets on base, 420 slugging, 795 OPS, a 60 point jump from last season, a 130 OPS plus, a career high. Give me Luis Arise easy. Yeah, I don't think you can. You, you definitely can't go wrong with Luis Arise for that pick. Um, all right, so those are the Silver Slugger finalists. Um, of course, you know all the all the awards hardware will be handed out once uh, you know once once the season's over, and um, you can definitely count on us to have you know to have to break it all down for you guys and and our reactions to uh, you know the winners and what everything. All right, let's take a let's take a break. Um, when we come back, we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about the Marlins. Yeah, I know, weird. Um, Aaron the Brewers also weird. Um, a couple of uh, well, we're getting into the season of of personnel changes of managers and and GMs and stuff uh, on the move. 
uh, and then we'll play buy or sell and then uh, get into your mailbag questions. And um, yeah, uh, so you're listening to the eighth inning stretch uh, and we'll be back in just a minute. The eighth inning stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D printed collectibles this side of home plate. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 8th inning stretch. Uh, kind of picking up where we left off. Um, so we're kind of into the um, part of the season. Oh, you know what? Before we get too far down that rabbit hole, um, not very often that you get breaking news here in the 8th inning stretch, but here's a, uh, an interesting little nugget I came across during the break. Um, uh, Evan Drellich, who of course is a, a senior writer with The Athletic, um, has reported that Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association had their opening meeting today uh, concerning the collective bargaining agreement for minor league baseball. Um, I guess both sides, uh, it looks like both sides kind of just made their opening presentations. Uh, Carson, this is this is colossal. This is huge. Yeah, this is absolutely nuts. Um, you know, we've been talking about this since this story kind of developed that uh, the, the minor leaguers were going to have a seat with the MLBPA at negotiations. Um, so this is one great step in the right direction for major for minor league baseball. Yeah, this is this is massive um, and long, 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 way, way, way overdue um, from minor league baseball players to get this kind of representation. Um, so that's that's just something to keep an eye on, and, and I'm sure there'll be uh, more and more coming out about this as the process kind of progresses over the winter. But um, yeah, just just thought we'd toss that in there because again, it's not often we get uh, we get breaking news. Um, all right, let's talk about the <laughs> let's talk about the Miami Marlins. Which you know, shout out to you all, you Marlins fans, because your team doesn't get a lot of attention. Um, so Don Mattingly uh, announced that, you know, a little while back that this was his last year. Um, and if anyone's earned their retirement from baseball, it's it's a legend like Don Mattingly. Um, but Carson, the Marlins have hired former Padres and Cardinals bench coach. And oh, by the way, a World Series champion as a player back in 2011. Uh, the Marlins have hired Skip Shoemaker as their next manager. Um, I am I'm 10 on a 10 on board with this. Yeah, absolutely. This is, um, I think this is a really solid hire by the Marlins. You know, we had kind of talked about maybe getting somebody a little bit younger in there. Um, Schumacher certainly fits that bill. Um, obviously, during his time with the Padres, he worked with a lot of young talent, so I think that'll translate well, uh, especially for Jazz Chisholm as well as Sandy Alcantara. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, as the Cardinals bench coach, he got to work – uh, closely with guys like Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt and kind of get to get to see what veteran leadership looks like in the clubhouse. Yep. Um, 
So I think I think it'll be I think this is a really good hire by the Marlins and uh, I'm excited to see what what uh, Skip can do for that locker room. Yeah, I think he's got a he's got a unique kind of like you mentioned, he's got a unique combination of he has experience working with young players, which, you know, like you said, will help with um, Jazz Chisholm, Sandy. I mean, there's a lot of let's be honest, there's a lot of young players on that Marlins team. So he has the experience working with those younger guys, but he also has experience working with the veteran guys. Um, I mean, obviously this last year in St. Louis, he had a chance to work with Albert Pujols, um, you know, and Adam Wainwright and, and Yadi Molina, kind of the the trio there in St. Louis. Um, yeah, this is this is big. Um, this is a I don't know, man. I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't think the Marlins could have done much better uh, as far as their next manager goes. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, this is a very solid hire by by the Marlins. I think that, you know, hopefully now that uh, general manager Kimming has her guy in there, um, hopefully the they can work together to continue the process of turning this team around. Yeah. Um, I mean... I, I think we talked about it back when we were talking about Josh Chisholm Jr. and uh, that whole that whole ridiculous um, you know team meeting that that they had and everything and whatever. But um, I I would go as far to say as the the Marlins with all the young talent are their team on the upswing, Carson. And of course, I mean obviously it remains to be seen how how Skip Schumacher is going to fit into all this, but um, with the right manager and maybe that, and that could very well be Skip Schumacher. Um, this Marlins team could, they could, they could do some damage. They could be a playoff team next year. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, as long as you keep developing Chisholm, like, like you have been maybe getting some better pieces a little bit around him, mm. the, the Marlins could be a dangerous team come next year. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, all right, and then the, the other kind of, you know, we're getting into this whole time of the year where, uh, you know, things are winding down and teams are making personnel changes. A uh, little news out of Milwaukee, David Stearns, uh, who has been the president of baseball operations for the Brewers for a while, is stepping down. Um, and the rumor is, the expectation is from, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the experts that, um, he'll be taking over baseball operations for another MLB team uh, in pretty short order. Um, Carson, I think he's done a hell of a job in Milwaukee. Um, you know, obviously this year was probably was a little bit of a disappointment. They couldn't quite get into the playoffs and, you know, the Josh Hader trade and all that other stuff. But um, he's done a he's done a heck of a job in Milwaukee. And I think any team would be lucky to have him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a bunch of those guys in Milwaukee, the core pieces like your Christian Yelich's, your Hunter Renfro's, Corbin Burns, all of those guys were brought in by David Stearns. And, yep. um, you know, he might have just felt that it was time for, for a new voice in Milwaukee. Um, so if, you know, decided to step down, pursue another opportunity, um, which he should no doubt get. Mm. Uh, but now, now for... Uh, for Milwaukee, you know, they'll, they look to look to their new era to, to try and figure out where to take this team from here. Yep. Uh, 
just throwing it out there. Uh, the Red Sox could use a change in the front office. So, you know, just for whatever that's worth. Uh, all right, let's play some buy or sell. Uh, oh, boy, we got some doozies today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Carson, buy or sell. The Yankees keeping Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone. Sell. Sell, 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 sell. Um, I love it. No I don't hesitation. <laughs> I don't understand how you can look at the team that what happened this year and their postseason performance mm. and keep keep not one but both of these guys around. Um, I thought that one of them at least should be should have been gone, but apparently Steinbrenner decided to uh, be a stubborn New Yorker and try and make it work again. Um, yeah, I'm selling on this yeah. stupidest decision they could have made. Yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm selling big time on this. Um, just as kind of a side note, I, I just have to say, Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone are damn, damn lucky uh, that George Steinbrenner isn't still around and still running that team because they would have been gone at the All-Star break, both of them. Um yeah, I guess I guess Hal Steinbrenner. Uh, well, he's not his old man. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, this is just an idiotic decision. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think out of if not getting rid of both, Carson. I think if you're the Yankees, you at least get rid of Aaron Boone after the way this season ended. Yeah, I just. I, I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, I don't know what's going through their heads. I just, I don't get it. Um, I don't know either. I don't know what's, you know, uh, I don't know what's happened. Uh, I don't know what's happened to the Yankees. They're a long way from their, they're a long, long way from their evil empire days. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't think... I don't think a lot of players are going to want to go to New York. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, free agents are going to want to go and play in New York. Um, well, we know Aaron Judge uh, probably isn't going to want to play there next year after the way they treated him. Uh, all right, buy or sell. Adam Wainwright is returning for the 2023 season. He says it's his last year. Uh, I believe him. Um, yeah, buy or sell. I'll buy it. Um, good, you know, good for him for for coming back. It's going to be weird, I think, to see him not with Yadi or Molina. Mm. Uh, that'll certainly be a little bit weird, but uh, good, good for Adam Wainwright. You know, uh, a, a good, good, good baseball guy and a good guy overall. So I'll I'll buy this. Good for him. I'm actually gonna. I think I'm actually gonna sell this, and here's why. Um. I'm not okay. Disclaimer: I'm not saying that the Cardinals aren't going to be good next year. Uh, I mean, they had a, they obviously had had a, had a heck of a season this year. Of course, they came up, you know, came up a bit short. But Pujols is gone. Molina's gone. I just, I don't know. I don't. Carson, I kind of feel like Adam Wainwright. I mean, obviously, he's he spent his whole career with the Cardinals, so it's not like you know. Uh, it's not like pool holes, you know, who left uh, and went to the Angels and then the Dodgers and then came back. Wainwright's been a Cardinal for life. So, but I kind of feel this is like a, you know, 
I don't know. I, I kind of feel like he's doing the whole, you know, coming back to the Cardinals for one year, one year, one more year is kind of a farewell tour thing. Um, I don't know. I just like what what does Adam Wainwright have? I don't think he has anything left to prove. I don't think he does either, but it might just be a thing of, hey, I did not. Last season did not end the way I wanted mm. to. Mm. I want to go out on my own terms. Um, yeah, could be. And and you know, I mean, he he wanted to wants to go out on his own terms. Who am I to tell him no? You yeah. just retire with Pujols and Molina and make it an even better story. Like, yeah, that's fair. Who, who am I to tell him what to do? Go go make this a great season, Wayno. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, buy or sell. Dave Dombrowski, who of course is the mastermind behind this Phillies team, um, is the executive of the year. Bye, 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 bye. Another one that's extremely easy. Um, Dombrowski <laughs> has done a marvelous job uh, with this Phillies team, getting them not only back to the postseason this season, uh, but but at the World Series. Um, another guy where much of this core was kind of brought in during his era, uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah. So yeah, by a hundred percent. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm buying, but okay. I mean, obviously Dave Dombrowski was, you know, put together this Phillies roster, uh, who, had an unbelievable season though they you know they scuffled they scuffled a bit at the beginning um fired Joe Girardi which apparently was you know uh the cure to everything that ailed them ended their 11 year uh playoff drought um yeah I'm buying Dabrowski as the executive of the year but it, as far as executive of the year goes Carson I think you I think I would be remiss not to give an honorable mention to Jerry Depoto of the Seattle Mariners, who also did an outstanding job roster building. Granted, the Mariners have a few they have they have a few leaks that need to be addressed, um, obviously. But the Mariners ended Depoto put together a team that ended a 21 year playoff drought and uh, beat a very very good Blue Jays team and. Yes, I hear you all. Yes, I know they got swept by the Astros, but that Mariners team put up more of a fight against the Astros than the Yankees did. I'm sorry. There, I said it. I mean, they did. Like, I, there's <laughs> no no lies detected. Um, but but yes, Jerry Depoto should absolutely deserve some uh, deserves some love for executive of the year. Mm. Um, another guy who has brought this team back out of the darkness, mm-hmm. um, and has really kind of made Seattle feel like a baseball town again. Again, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's too bad that there's not an American League and a National League. You know, there's not an award in both leagues for this because, um, I feel like Depoto. Uh, should get it for the American League on Dabrowski for the National League, but you know that is what it is. Okay, uh, buy or sell. Juan Soto will sign a long-term deal with the San Diego Padres. I'll buy it. Um, I think, I think the Padres have to go into that trade thinking that they can get him to sign a long-term deal. Mm. Um, 
or they don't make that trade mm -hmm. uh, because they gave up a lot of their top prospects in their farm system. C.J. Abrams, uh, Robert Hassel III, uh, to name kind of the more high-profile mm -hmm. guys. I will, I will buy that. Yeah, I'm buying this too. Uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, I think you said it. Uh, the Padres, yeah, the Padres don't make this deal. They don't make that trade um, without, you know, being fairly confident that uh, they could get a long-term done, a long-term deal done with Juan Soto. Um, yeah, they gave up a lot, but they also got a lot. I mean, yeah, they got, of course they got Juan Soto, but man, everybody, I feel like Josh Bell is the forgotten part in that deal, which is ridiculous to me, which sounds crazy. But um, yeah, no, I, I think I'm buying this. I think the Padres and, and Juan Soto, I think they get a long-term deal done this winter. I mean, he was obviously... Uh, well, I mean, his numbers, his numbers weren't quite Juan Soto-esque. Uh, you know, they weren't at the level that we're used to, although a lot of that could just have been the adjustment to San Diego and, and whatever. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm buying that. I think they get a long-term deal done. Um, because if the Padres want to get over that, if the Padres want to get over that hump and, and win a World Series, uh, they're going to need Juan Soto to do it. All right. And last but not least, uh, and I mean the very least. Um, Carson, buy or sell the Dodgers rumored to be major players for Aaron Judge this winter. Oh, I wonder what he's going to say. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. I love that they want to be mayor, major players for Aaron Judge. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I mean, he would fit seamlessly seamlessly into that Dodgers lineup. Can 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 you imagine even all my the Dodgers haters out there, which my fellow co-host is one, just just close your eyes and picture for a moment Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and Aaron Judge all on the same team in the same lineup. Just, mwah, beautiful. Molto bene. Bye. Yeah, they'll win 140 games and still lose in the second round of the playoffs. Um, congrats. Uh, seriously, they could go 162 and 0, and they would still choke in the playoffs. You know, I was going to make a comparison to the Dodgers of now and the Yankees during the peak of their evil empire days, but then I realized that would be an insult to the Yankees. I can't believe I'm saying this uh, because those Yankees could actually get it done in the postseason. Just saying. Uh, no, I'm selling this. Are you kidding me? Um, no. Screw you, Dodgers. You don't need Aaron Judge. You don't need another, you know, you've got Freeman. You've got Betts. Uh, you've got an embarrassment of riches already down there in Chavez Ravine. You do not need to add an Aaron Judge to this team. I'm sorry. Um Boy, exhibit A for the case, making a case for a salary cap in Major League Baseball is the Dodgers. God. Um, no, I'm selling this. Ladies and gentlemen, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Aaron Judge is going to California this winter, uh, but he's going to San Francisco. He's going to play for his hometown Giants. Um, I am 99.999999% confident. Uh, in that prediction that Aaron judge will be a San Francisco giant next year. Um, I just, 
it just it makes sense on all kinds of levels. Uh, you know, Judge grew up a Giants fan. The Giants are his hometown team. He grew up, you know, near San. He grew up near San Francisco. I mean, it, it just it just makes all the sense in the world. Um, oh God, Aaron Judge to the Dodgers. Please, God, no. Um, seriously though. Serious question, Carson. And we kind of talked this about this a little bit before we started recording. Okay. Say the say say the uh say hell freezes over and Aaron Judge goes to the Dodgers. Um so you presumably you put Aaron Judge in right field because that's his natural position. Um and you're doing what exactly with Mookie Betts? Moving Mookie Betts to center and Cody Bellinger to left? Correct. That was that is what I would do if I was uh, Dave Roberts. Now, I I want this to be made clear. I am still not very happy with Dave Roberts at this point. So Dave Roberts will I'm sure somehow find a way to mess it up. Mm-hmm. But um, but yes, that is that is what I would do uh, with the outfield in yeah, Dave. Play. Dave Roberts is the only manager that I trust less than Aaron Boone. Um, Roberts would probably try to put Judge and Wright and put Mookie at second base or some stupid thing. Um, anyways, that's by yourself. Um, that's for all of you who keep telling me, uh, keep telling us that we agree too much. Yeah, well, take that. Um, all right, let's get to your mailbag questions. Only a couple because we had, you know, so much other stuff to talk about this episode. Uh, Crystal from... Carson's home state of Minnesota wants to know what are you guys most excited for this off season? Um, I mean, is the answer anything other than Aaron judge watch? Mm. I mean, um, mm. you know, I hate to go with like a stereotypical answer, but I, I cannot wait to see where this guy goes. Giants. Um, you know, <laughs> Mets. Uh, <laughs> Red Sox. Oh, oh. My God. Uh, I will just warn you all now. I, I, I don't see it happening. Uh, because the Red Sox are, uh, Mr. Bloom is too incompetent to make it happen and will somehow miss out, uh, will somehow lose the Aaron Judge bidding war to somebody else. But, uh, I will just warn you all now if Aaron Judge, if big, huge, if, if Aaron Judge winds up on the Red Sox, um, prepare for me to be, brace yourselves for me to be 100% completely, totally insufferable all year next year. Um, just a warning. I will be, I will be, I will be, I will be intolerable. Um, anyways, that being said, um, yeah, I mean, as excited as I am for the, I am, I mean, clearly I'm excited for Aaron Judge watch this off season because I mean, let's be honest, he's the most, uh, highly sought after and, and highly anticipated free agent probably in the last 10 years. Um, as excited as I am for that, um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see some of the other. I'm excited to see some of these teams, and we kind of talked about this. I think it was last episode. I don't know. I'll be honest. All the episodes blend together. Um, but we talked about 
I think Carson, I think we had a mailbag question on our last episode that asked what team that missed the playoffs, you know, do you think will be better next year? And I'm actually as excited as I am for Aaron Judge Watch, I'm excited to see either the teams that were, you know, just right there on the brink of making the playoffs, like the Orioles uh, or the Brewers, um, and also the teams that got into the playoffs and made early exits. Um, Of course, the Mariners, obviously. But I'm excited to see what kind of moves these other teams that were, you know, kind of right there on the edge. I'm excited to see what kind of moves they make this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wish I could say I'm excited to see what moves the Twins make. But <laughs> knowing the Twins, we're going to get outbid by Carlos Correa. We're going to f- yeah. we're going to try and sign another cheap pitching option, like I don't know, Mike Clevenger or Sean Manea or hey, somebody else in the don't hate, on, don't hate on Mike Clevenger. I I like Mike Clevenger. I do, but ugh, I. He did Dude. not look good in the postseason. Okay, uh, that's fair. But if if your team is in the if your team has a shot at getting my Clevenger, I'm not I'm not exactly spitting on that. Um, sadly, as much as I know it hurts you to hear this, I do not think Carlos Correa will be in Minnesota Twin next year. Um, ladies and gentlemen, now playing shortstop for the Seattle Mariners, Carlos Correa. Um, Hey, you never know. Uh, no, I'm, I'm excited to see. Yes. I'm excited to see where Aaron judge fight to see where Aaron judge lands, but I'm, I'm really excited to see how some of these teams who were, you know, either, like I said, they didn't quite get into the playoffs or they got into the playoffs and got eliminated and see what kind of moves they make. Um, especially the, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, Carson, but I'm especially excited about the Orioles because, I mean, let's be honest, they were right in this thing, right down to the wire. Um, They were making Mariners fans sweat a little bit towards the end there. Yes, they were. Um, So so their their offseason will be very interesting. Yeah, I just hope they keep moving in the right direction and don't, you know, go back to being the Orioles. Um, Sorry, Orioles fans, but you know I'm right. Okay, uh, second and final question out of the mailbag. Mike from California. Uh, what's this is this is really interesting. Um, would you like to see a series between MLB and NPB, which of course is the Japanese league? Um, well, I mean, we're already getting we're getting we're getting a bit spoiled with international baseball competition this winter, Carson. We're getting we're getting the World Baseball Classic in the spring, of course, but before that. We're getting a series between uh, an MLB team and and a team from uh, from the Korean League, so I say hell yeah, why not? Let's 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 go three for three and let's get a let's get some kind of series going between MLB and NPB. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm all for anything that uh, can continue to expose the game and um, expose some of these other leagues that. You know, to be honest, a lot of baseball fans here in the U.S. probably have never heard of. So, yeah, I'm all yeah. for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as a as an enjoyer myself of the NPB, um, yeah, I would like to see not only would I like to see some kind of series between MLB and the NPP, um, please, somebody, for the love of God, 
figure out a way to get NPB games streaming in the U.S. Yeah, I know the time difference is weird, but please, I mean, somebody please make that happen. I will pay almost any price to be able to stream the NPB. Um, in, in case any of you have never had been lucky enough to uh, catch an NPP game, you know, to watch an NPP game, seriously, do yourself a favor and check it out. Um, it's, I'll be honest, it's a little, it's, it's different. It's a very, it's a, it's a pretty different experience um, than, uh, than Major League Baseball. The game's played a little differently, um, but it's, 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 it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, okay, everybody, thanks for sending in your mailbag questions. Keep those coming to us uh, either on Twitter at 8th Inning Pod or uh, email us at 8th Inning Stretch at gmail.com. Um, must watch games. Duh, it's the World Series. Um, it, it, all the games. Um, clearly. Uh, all right, let's let's get to our one last thing. Um, mine are kind of all over the place today. Uh, one, a couple of anniversaries to celebrate. One is a happy belated anniversary to the 1997 Florida, then Florida Marlins, uh, who, um, as of yesterday, celebrated their anniversary of Edgar Renteria's walk-off hit, uh, World Se- walk-off World Series winning hit, uh, in the 97 World Series against the then Cleveland Indians. Wow, that's how long ago that was. Um, and ironically enough, uh, happy anniversary to the 2004 Red Sox, who on, well, this day, for us, October 27, 2004, um, weirdly enough, Edgar Renteria hit the, made the last out in game four of the 04 World Series. Um to Keith Folk, who flipped to Doug Mankiewicz and, uh, well, ended 86 years of suffering for Red Sox fans. Um, at long last, finally breaking the curse of the Bambino uh, and sending every last person in New England into absolute delirium. I have, um, well, I kind of, I honestly kind of have mixed uh sort of mixed memories of the fall of 2004. Uh, my, my, my granddad passed away uh, just prior to the world series. So um, he didn't get to, he never got to size, never got to see his beloved Red Sox win the world series. Um, he, he wasn't around for it, unfortunately. Um, and I, I've always kind of felt like, uh, you know, in some weird way, the Red Sox won that one for him. Um, so a little bit of mixed emotions about that time. Um, but I have to be honest, uh, the night the Red Sox won the world series. Well, and obviously the night that they beat the Yankees, but, um, the night they won the, the OFR world series, uh, was one of the best moments of my life. I have nothing. I have, uh, you know, really, really fond memories about, being surrounded by all my friends and, and celebrating and, and, uh, it was, it was just a, it was, it was a great night. And, and, um, I will never, that is one of those moments for me that I will never forget where I was, who I was with and what I was doing when it happened. So, um, and then one last, you know, 
one last kind of quick thing. Uh, wishing a very, very, very happy retirement to Brock Holt. Um, announced his retirement today on Instagram. Um, acquired by the Red Sox in a trade with the Pirates and was kind of a kind of one of those players that nobody, you know, nobody really expected much out of him. Um, and instead, he went on to be an all-star, a, a key, key part of the um, of the Red Sox uh, 2018 World Series run. And oh, by the way, the only player, yes, the only player in Major League Baseball history to hit for the cycle in a playoff game, uh, which he did in the uh, ALDS against the Yankees. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, huge shout out to, to as well as wishing a happy retirement to the guy in fantasy baseball for me who was the answer to the question. I need a utility guy. Who can I go get? Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, so huge shout out to Brock Holt for saving numerous fantasy baseball seasons for me. Um, yeah. uh, I guess for my final thoughts, um, I guess it's mostly just guys enjoy the World Series because it looks like this is going to be a World Series that's a lot of fun, and there is truly nothing like the World Series mm-hmm. in sports, in life almost, I would argue, anywhere. Nope. Um, there's there's really nothing like it. So if you're a Phillies fan especially, and you're in Philadelphia, <laughs> I know it's a lot of money, but try and get yourself to go to a game. Your city deserves these games. Your city, need, your team will need you for these games, um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, especially for Phillies fans, but for everybody else, just enjoy it. Uh, yeah, and as an added uh, <laughs> safety tip, hey, Phillies fans, stay off those damn lampposts. Um, <laughs> uh, I imagine that the lampposts in Philadelphia are already being greased up. Um no, seriously though, yeah. I mean, it, it in sports, yeah. You can talk about the Super Bowl. You can talk about the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, on a bigger scale, maybe you can talk about the World Cup. But yeah, Carson, I I gotta I gotta agree with you. Um, in sports, it doesn't get any better than the World Series. Yeah, absolutely. It's just such a I don't know. I'm not quite sure what it is. Um, I mean, obviously there's, you know what? I think, a, you know what? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I think a big part of it, though, is there's so much tradition and history surrounding the World Series. I mean, we're talking about the championship event of, of a sport uh, whose roots um, go back a long, long, long time. Yeah. I mean, the the sport of baseball has been around for centuries, centuries. Yep. Yeah, and I and I think the other thing about the World Series is 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 when you really stop and think about all. I mean, just the endless list of great players, uh, who have who have been part of it. You know, going back to you know, I mean, you can go way way back, but you know. Just think about all the great players, uh, past and present, who have who have been part of this thing. Yeah, 
I mean, we've we've been very lucky to see some of the talent that we've seen in in our lifetimes, and there are yeah. a lot of guys in baseball who haven't gotten gotten their uh, gotten their flowers mm. for for what they did for the game and how good they were. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the flip side of it when you think about all the great players who, you know, never got a chance to to either never got the chance to either play in the World Series or win a World Series, which is, you know, um, kind of a bummer. But anyways, yeah, um, everybody. Yes. Have a blast watching the World Series. I, I think we've got a I know the Astros are, you know, the quote unquote favorite and everything, but um, I would count. uh I would count on the Phillies, put up a hell of a fight and and very, very possibly pull this thing off, um, which would be awesome because damn Philly fans, you guys deserve it. Um, I've been a little harsh on you guys in the past. I rag on Philly fans, but uh, at the end of the day, Carson, I think you would probably agree that Philly fans are probably some of the best fans in all of sports. As much as, especially as a Minnesota fan who has faced <laughs> Eagles fans, uh, years, as much as I may despise them sometimes, they are a very, what's a nice way of saying this? Loyal, passionate. Loyal and passionate fans. <laughs> yes, some of the most passionate fans in all of sports. Um, Hopefully it doesn't snow and hopefully Santa Claus doesn't make an appearance at any of the World Series games. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much a wrap for us. Um, A bit of sad news uh, as we get into the World Series, as exciting as that is. um, Carson, we're depending on how long the World Series goes, uh, we're, we're getting down to our to our last few episodes of the season here. Yeah, the the time is the times they are changing and really uh we are we are losing time a little bit here. Uh if we could afford to play uh my way by the late great Frank Sinatra we would, but uh, yeah, no, that's not gonna happen, sorry. Um uh, no, but we'll save our we'll save our big sappy end of the season speeches for our season finale. Uh we may or may not have a uh a big surprise for you guys for that last episode of the season working on a couple things um oh and pretty soon uh pretty soon here we'll be announcing the winner of our uh playoff postseason bracket challenge thingy i forget the name um last i checked it was pretty much done and dusted but uh Still a couple things to be decided for the second and third spots. And of course, remember all um, if you're one of the lucky ones who finishes in one of those three spots, uh, you will be getting an exclusive uh, coupon code to printer dudes. So um, yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, of course, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at a fitting pod. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts by going to uh, anchor.fm slash avenixstrats. And as always, don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors over at Printer Dudes. Uh, check out their awesome collection of 3D printed gifts and collectibles by going to printerdudes.etsy.com. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, uh, you could use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, and save 10% off your order. That's printerdudes.etsy.com, D-O-O-D-S. Uh, that's all we got for you guys. Um, 
everybody have a everybody have an awesome weekend uh and we'll talk to you guys again on monday and who knows we could be talking about uh we we could be close to crowning a world series champion so um stay tuned for that uh thanks again everybody everyone for tuning in you guys are awesome uh and we'll talk to you soon